I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Welcome to this week's episode of The Idiot Savant. If you've been paying attention to the world or the news, I shouldn't even say the world. If you've been paying attention to the news, you think it's the apocalypse. But then when you walk outside, you're like, wow, why is everything so nice? Summer's starting. But the news makes it seem like, you know, all the metropolitan cities are just, you know, burning everything to the ground. Yeah, I don't want to start on this note, but again, it just it. I I I'm gonna probably this is my last time. I want to mention this. Hopefully, this is the last time that I have to talk about it. But uh, you know, I guess it needs to be said. I mean, shit. They make it seem like everything's burning to the ground. They make it seem like everyone's looting and shit. I get there are protests out there, especially in places like Portland. Well, guess what? Portland's a shithole. There's a difference between peaceful protesting and then shoving a brick down people's throats. Okay? I didn't, again, you want to prove your point with protests, man? I mean, if you really want to, and that's the thing that it's not getting covered is there were protests with, you know, protesters walking arm in arm with police officers. That's how you make your point, man. Walk arm in arm with police officers. That shows unity. Burning targets doesn't work or it doesn't even move the needle. You know, just like Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick would have been better received had he walked arm in arm with military or police members as a sign of unity. You know what I mean? And I believe that's what um, Colin met with some uh, former military personnel and i believe they said the same thing man they're like you, you know you could go about this a different way but we totally understand the message and that's again not going to get into that whole thing but anarchy is just not it man you're just you're taking away from the actual peaceful protesters and george floyd and the issue at hand and the media is loving it obviously the loudest gain the most attention but i mean most of us are common decent human beings not burning shit and throwing bricks it's just, it's exacerbated because that's what the focus is on. If you're paying attention to the news, which thank fucking God, I stopped with the news long before, you know, now. You know, peaceful, peaceful is boring. Good news is boring. Nah, nah, man. I want to see people shoving bricks down others' throats because that's what brings asses to the seats, dude. Fuck the news. Seriously. Through all this coronavirus, milking milking the shit out of the coronavirus, through this now with the George Floyd thing, man, they're fucking loving it. I mean, the people 
who watch the news. I mean, I, I just don't know how you haven't had a stroke yet. They just feed you and feed you shit to where you would believe it's the end of the world or it's the apocalypse. Yet, you know, at least this is my perception of my life. You go outside, it's actually pretty pleasant, you know. It's pretty nice. Pretty peaceful out there. People are doing pretty good. I mean, you know, the I, I feel really bad for, you know, the the shutdown for people who, you know, lost you know, hopefully they didn't lose their business, but I mean that's gonna be a reality and lost their jobs. I mean that fucking blows. But you know, people seem decent and all that. And the batshit's actually a blip on the radar, but the news would make it seem opposite where it's like everything is so fucking terrible. And yet the good stuff's a blip on the radar, dude. I mean, seriously, I think probably like 95% of humanity, maybe 98, 99 is, you know, decent, doing pretty good. And then you get this 1% that's just a little, little overboard. You know what I mean? But the news loves it. And the only reason why I've noticed it is because, you know, I'll go on YouTube just to see some, you know, some stuff. You'll go see some stand-up clips or whatnot. And just, I mean, whatever they could do to just um fear monger you i mean it's it's all built through fear man and it's kind of ironic where they they breed uh, like they feed off of this fear and then the cnn office gets attacked in uh atlanta i mean seriously that's that's what it is it's just and this is social media too social media you just see something through such such a tiny lens literally a phone's lens that's all you see so it could be something going on in one block of a city and the rest of the city just seems calm and peaceful but it just seems like oh my god uh this place is burning to the ground this place is um this is happening you know what i mean and this is just in general this doesn't even have to do with the protest but and you only see shit through a tiny lens. You know, go outside. Is everything burning down like you think it is? I mean, I, I thought so. It's not. Again, and then you have all these. This is another thing where I go off Twitter because it would be anything. I mean, after the election happened, it looked like the same thing. They made it look like the end of the world. But then when you go out in the real world and you work with real people who have their own opinions. You know, some, well, some have their own opinions, but, you know. They're not based off of what they think social media wants them to have. You're just like, oh, okay, you know, seem, shit seems still normal. You know what I mean? But politics, the way that people allow politics to rule their lives is like, man, dude. If that's all that you got going on, I feel real bad for you. You know, and that, that's the thing with Twitter. You know, you have arm, I, I call them armchair activists, you know, talking about how everything is so awful and all this, and yet they contribute absolutely nothing to society. Just like these fucking, um, I'm sure, I haven't seen, again, I don't have any social media, so I'm sure all the actors and actresses fucking put up their hashtag Black Lives Matters, or, you know, they put up a, a black fist emoji, you know, because that's, yeah, you're you're really making a difference there. They don't have solutions. And just sit there with hashtags and t-shirts like the mouth breathers there are. You know, I and that's what I think. We're going to be okay. But people like that, you absolutely contribute nothing. And then when you do that TV, sh you know, or TV, you do that T-shirt or that hashtag shit, it just goes over as well as a fart does in a movie theater. I mean, come on, man. Or a fart in an elevator. That's about it. You know, just a little. Fucking assholes, dude.
Like I, I can only imagine people are just virtue signaling up the ass right now. They're like, Black Lives Matter, but then they're the same people who, if they see a black person on the sidewalk, on the same sidewalk as them, they'll cross the street. Fucking assholes, man. We're going to be okay. Honestly, we will. This fucking sucks. I mean, and this is another thing, like, I seen, and so I wanted to read up on it. You know, it's a big thing happening right now, and it's kind of a, it's a, I feel like, I, you know, I heard... Bill Burr was actually mentioning where he thinks it's kind of a, you know, good turning point. Not that what happened was good. That's fucking terrible what happened to George Floyd. But um, he thinks it's kind of a turning point that people are going to see this shit and be like, this is fucking enough. But, like, I seen some articles or, like, new evidence, um, new autopsy evidence shows that George Floyd had um, coronary artery disease. No offense, Regardless if you have coronary artery disease or not, and coronary artery disease is basically like plaque buildup in your arteries, and with that, that's, you know, that's higher blood pressure, limited, uh, less oxygen and blood flow to the brain, to, you know, your working muscles and to your heart and vice versa. Regardless, if you step on a dude's neck and cut off circulation, CAD or not, you're not allowing blank, uh, blood flow. Ugh, blood flow to the brain okay no autopsy evidence is going to excuse this i mean this 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 is pretty fucking trivial stuff man you know what i mean and i guess there's you know maybe some resisting arrest stuff on there but fuck like none of this looks good i just you can't come up with excuses like that new evidence comes out that shows this nah bro it doesn't fucking matter the point of the matter was a fucking dude shoved his shin into the guy's neck and cut off circulation. Heart disease or not, man. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And again, you're not going to solve anything by looting targets. Or the worst part is the destruction of these mom and pop shops. For what? A 72-inch TV, man, that's really going to bring social justice. And I will never understand the black experience in America. I never will. And I just, I always find it funny that, like, I see the videos of people causing destructions. It's some fucking, they're probably rich white kids, too. Honestly. God, white people can be so fucking stupid. And I'm white. You some dumb shit just so they can be allies. Like, I, I just, I don't, I, I, I'm still having such a hard time. I know I harped on this last week, but it's like, what the fuck do you accomplish by destroying, by looting, vandalizing? Like, what? You're just going to make everybody else angry. You know, and maybe it's such an easy solution for me to look at, you know, you know, saying... You know, if you are having a peaceful protest, you know, walk arm in arm with police officers. I'm sorry, I, I'm thinking of something logical, but I just feel like you want true unity. That seems like a thing, and it's happened too, and it, that that sends a better message and probably has received a better message than the, you know, the, um, you know, bricks getting thrown through windows or people getting fucking clubbed over the head and beaten up in the streets 
But again, you ain't going to see that. You ain't going to see that. You have to almost literally search out the good news. You, you So you won't see the good news of protesters walking arm in arm with um, police officers. You're just going to keep seeing people getting hurt and people destroying stuff because that's just what the news wants to do to you. They just want to get you in, up in arms and get you all mad and fearful. I, 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 I don't see what value the news brings. Honestly, I, I don't anymore. You have, there's no unbiased news anymore. And the way that, that it works, it, it became, it became a business and it's, it's, it's entertainment at this point and just fear mongering from every fucking single side, man, every single side, this isn't a left or right issue. Coronary artery disease. What a fucking joke, man. Throwing your shin into someone's neck. No excuse. No autopsy excuse is gonna like. We found out he had coronavirus. That you know what? That would be kind of. That would be. I mean, that would be the troll of the century if they were just like, yeah. So George Floyd was um, tested positive for coronavirus. Get the fuck out of here. I just had to get that out of the way. That was I again. I I don't like to do politics. I. You know, I, I, uh, yeah, but that was just something it's kind of, I think that one's a little bit bigger than politics. It's, you know, society, culture, it just, it needs to feel like it needs to be out there, man. We need, we just need to be better to each other. Just be nicer. Empathy, man. See things through other people's eyes. But this is why I love podcasting though. I mean, like right now, I could have these thoughts. You know, it's like pirate radio back in the day. Just you, no strings to anyone. You don't have to have a script for anything you're writing. No, no um, biases from the studio or anything like that. It's just like any. But you know, you just you get to do your own thing and voice your own opinions. And I mean, especially something like this, where I literally sit down. I don't have to go anywhere. I get to do it in the comfort of my own home. And, um, you know, speak about this stuff and kind of have a dialogue, you know, kind of with myself and allow myself to bring these things out into the ether. And I'd love to have more dialogue about stuff like this with people. It's, it's how you start, you know, critical thinking skills. You, you think about this stuff and, um, you know, if somebody, you, people could ha ch help change your opinions. If you look at something and it's not exactly correct or you do have a bias but if someone brings better evidence like oh okay okay but that's what i do love about podcasting pirate radio the, the best way to describe it you know you're not married to these fucking cnns anymore these fox newses or anything like that but you know just like anything else like you know with punk rock and all that i mean you just see the shit starting to go corporate like everybody you know like conan o'brien all these fucking fools are having podcasts now and it was just like and podcasting is always going to be great. I mean, it's, I think finally everyone's realizing what kind of moneymaker it is, especially after the Joe Rogan deal. But, you know, you see how big something like uh, Bobby Lee's Tiger Belly podcast got. I mean, Bill Burr's podcast is one of the biggest podcasts, I believe, in the world. And he, I think he signed to Wondery. And all Bill does is literally can talk about like doorknobs and people going to beaches and he gets millions and millions and millions of views and i'm one of those people because i absolutely love what bill says because he that's 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 like a that's like my uh 
oh, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't really think of it, but Bill, Bill definitely, definitely is my type of uh, dude. I just love how sour he is. And also, I think logical <laughs> sometimes. He's kind of psycho, but I, I love Bill. But it just, you know, the point of, you know, those guys like Bill and Bert and uh, Joe, Tom Segura, those guys aren't tied down to anything or anyone. And they could say a bunch of shit. Like, Joe's had a bunch of controversial people on his show. And you know what? If that was with a network or anything like that, that would have fucking got slashed. Like, that, those episodes wouldn't happen. Like, the Alex Jones episodes. Dude, 16 million or 17 million people watched the last Alex Jones episode. Which was fucking fascinating. Or shit like like one of the biggest episodes that I liked was something as simple. Uh, it wasn't simple, but it was the Matthew Walker sleep episode. That episode, I like genuinely, I think changed my life because I went and got Matthew Walker's book and I had to change my whole lifestyle after I read that because that shit scared me. Or um, that Tom O'Neill book, Chaos, which I have the audiobook now, but that like shit like that, man. You think these fucking big media companies would allow that to get out there? Fuck no. But it's 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 a lot of fun. Like I get to sit here and talk about like video game. Like I I am so I'm so ADD because like right now I just talked about something as serious as George Floyd, and now I'm talking about like you know I'm talking about podcasts on a podcast, and you know I could talk about video games, um, movies, me taking a shit. Speaking of which, um, not me taking a shit, but um, I was just talking about this uh, this last weekend is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. There's a remaster coming out for, I believe, obviously Xbox One, PS4. And what is the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remaster? They're remastering Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Now, if you're from my generation... And um, for the most part, mo a lot of guys that I know from my generation and, you know, our group of people skated, uh, skated shittily like myself or were good skaters like others. But Tony Hawk's was like the game. It was the game, especially if you have a PS1, you know, or PS2. You know, Tony Hawk's Underground is probably my favorite. But, you know, number two, you have the, uh, what did we just say? It was, uh, oh, my God, the Leap of Faith Gap. Shit like that, but um, they're remastering it, which is one of the coolest things that I've seen recently. It was such a pleasant surprise. Um, so they're remastering it with all the old tricks, the uh, the old soundtracks as well from those games. Um, and they're also doing tricks and stuff from later games as well. Um, they're doing split screen, online multiplayer, you know, create a park, create a skater. All that shit. Um, the skaters that they're having, they're having Tony, they're having Bucky Lassick, Steve Caballero, Jeff Rowley, Eric Reynolds, Elisa Steamer, Chad Muska, Eric Costin, Rodney Mullen, dude, Dark Slides, bro, Rune Glyphberg, Kareem Campbell, Jamie Thomas, Bob Burnquist. Um, yeah, this sounds so sick. I'm just trying to look. And the big thing about this game, just reading about it, is they're trying to keep it as like they want it to feel like the original games. It's just a remaster, so um it I mean, just watch the trailer. I mean, you'll obviously go to YouTube. Um shit, the deluxe is priced at $40 when it comes out. Hmm. Yeah, 
that shit is exciting, man. I was just talking to someone about it, and uh, obviously that was a big, you know, nostalgias. I mean, Star Wars got me. <laughs> Star Wars got me a Force Awakens with the nostalgia. So I was like, all right, cool. I was totally in because they. I felt like they did set up a good story, even though now you look at it like, what the fuck, man? They just they just stole a new hope and just kind of like, um, kind of modified it a little bit. And you, know, you go to Last Jedi. It didn't have to be any nostalgia. You're like, uh, okay. And then they try to do the nostalgia in Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, I'm fucking done. But this is good nostalgia right here, man. These remasters. I mean, I bought the remaster of uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. That's fucking nostalgia right there. Still, it's it's still so such a good game. I gotta do. I gotta do. Uh, the first couple God of Wars. I know that the newest one's obviously the best one, but those, like, especially number two, man, was I a fan of number two. I'm trying to think of some other nostalgic video games, because um, I keep trying to get Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original one that was on PS2, but there's they don't have anything like that right now. Um, nostalgic video games. It was always the Grand Theft Autos for us. And then Tony Hawk. It was like those were... It was always we got every single Grand Theft Auto and the Tony Hawks. And then obviously Madden. I got to get that. You know what? Some people got it right, man. I, I'd, I'd want to go back to the Brett Favre Madden where it still has Playmaker. So it's like you're rolling out of the pocket. There's a wide receiver and you kind of just flick the uh, right analog stick. And they run whatever uh, whatever direction. <sighs> the Playmaker stick. So great. Yeah, so Madden was one of those ones. Nostalgic video games. What else we got on that one? I mean, anything that came out, like the Super Mario's, but that was like, it's like Super, I'm trying to think of what we played on PS1, PS2, besides those. I just, I just fucking got rid of a bunch of PS, PS2 stuff. But yeah. Nostalgia is a bitch. Like th right away, I'm like, "Fuck, man, do I do I buy this?" Even though I'm, I'm kind of, I got a backlog of video games like Ghost of Tsushima's coming out. Uh, that's the open world samurai game made by Sucker Punch. And um, every time they release like new gameplay or new trailer footage, they're just they're taking more of my money at this point. Like through osmosis, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you could take it. It looks so good." I still got to finish God of War. I'm still finishing fucking Borderlands Three, man. That's such a, I love long games. Uh but yeah, that one's a fuck. It's taking me forever to play that game. It's taking me forever to beat it. And I love the game. I'm 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 having a great time with it, but it's just taking me forever. Between that, it doesn't help too. I like in between I'll play like the, you know, NHL 20 or I'll play Fallen Order again on New Journey Plus. And then Battlefront 2 came out with a bunch of new stuff, but I gotta finish Battlefront, or Battlefront, I gotta finish Borderlands so that I can get to, so I can get to God of War, and once I finish God of War, I'm at Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. It's good shit, man. We haven't, I don't remember the last time there was a good Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. I think, yeah, probably Underground was the last good one. Underground was so good. See, that's what I'm saying, man. I could just I could just go from bullshit to 
I can just cover all my bases, go really serious, really somber, and then just get really, really stupid and boring. But it's all good. You know, one thing I <laughs> we've been talking about this recently, so um, you know, when you do stuff like you be, especially once you become an adult, you know, Home Depot ends up ends up being you know my favorite store <laughs> in the world right now, and um, you know, you kind of plant your own lawn, you kind of start doing stuff around the house, and it becomes a thing where, <laughs> like, every morning, especially if I'm home, you know, I, I will drink coffee. And I will look at my lawn as it grows and just kind of sit there and, you know, press seeds into the grass into empty spots. And I don't know why it's so satisfying. Like, I finally get why my dad planted his grass and, like, we mowed the lawn every week and just that whole thing, man. It sounds so lame. But I, I, I guess once you, once you start, the closer you get to 30 or the closer you get to parenthood, the more you understand it's, like, slowly, like, I'm slowly transforming. So it's like, I'm going to start wearing wider and wider shoes. And then somehow they're going to turn to new balances and I'll just wear jean shorts and then, you know, start. Yeah. My jokes will start getting lamer. But yeah, I just, I, for some reason, you know, is I'll sit out there, look at my lawn and grow. And, you know, at some points too, late at night, I'll drink some echinacea tea while reading a book. Like, who the fuck said 28 would be like this? Like, so prior to meeting my wife, it was the same shit. You would party from, like, Friday to Sunday. And a lot of the times, you wouldn't come home. And then sometimes you'd party on Thursdays. You'd definitely party on holidays. But it was always partying, like, ridiculously hard partying, you know. You're talking, especially on Fridays, you'd go, you know, 9 p.m. to, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever. Or however long you could handle it. So I guess when you're, you know, 21 and you look and you're like, yeah, and uh, in seven years, man, and somebody told me that I'd be enjoying building, you know, kitchen table and a bench and then, you know, building uh, <laughs> a little step for my deck and some other stuff, you know, like planting grass and watching it grow and mowing it, that I would enjoy that and enjoy drinking tea and reading a book before bed. Like, you fag. There's no way that would happen. But here we are. Here we are. I don't know. I just, I just, it's, maybe it's the progress thing. Like, I love, I love having things to do and I love, like, projects. So I just, you know, we done everything in the lawn, you know, the yard or so. So you just kind of sit there, look at it like, ah, you get to see the progress. You get to see stuff growing and all that. Or I'm just fucking bored. I don't feel like I'm bored though. I'm, I've been, I'm constantly busy with shit. So who knows? Yeah, I don't care, man. It's fucking enjoyable. The one thing, yes, this is crazy yesterday. So. Um, so yesterday I went to the track, no big deal, typical stuff, walk to the track, you know, do a nice warm up, and then, you know, do, so, do a warm up, just about to finish my first lap, and, uh, yeah, 
my body went, hey, uh, it's time to evacuate. Like, is there anything worse than working out and instantly having to poop? Now, this isn't this isn't the problem was having to poop. The problem was was all the bathrooms were locked. Okay. So I'm doing laps and I finished the lap, my first lap, and then my body goes, uh-oh, time to go. So for me, I'm like, oh shit, like my my this I'm I'm ready to go. Gotta hold it in. And then also I'm doing stair sprints, so I'm running up in the bleachers, up and down, up and down. Looking around, there's no fucking bathrooms. I almost considered out of school just dropping my pants and taking a shit right on the grass somewhere. Like, come on, the bathrooms were closed. This doesn't happen all the time, but it's, I mean, this was, this was pretty fucking terrible. And this also happens too. I've had this before, man. At least luckily at the house, you know, obviously we have a bathroom or two or three. You know, you'll be squatting or deadlifting, and then just as you're on the down, you know, you're having your eccentric action, your body's going, uh, goo -goo 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 -goo. time to eject. Like, and it's not even just a little bit. It's like, oh, by the way, everything you've had in the last 36 hours, it's, it's all going. It's all going bye-bye. Like, there won't be an ounce of poop left in you. That's, I mean... This is probably disgusting. I don't care. Just, But I want you to hear me talking about having to poop. Because we could all relate to this. I know. There's probably even girls out there too. They go on a run like, yeah. Or go on the stair mask like, yeah, this is so nice. I'm breaking a sweat. And then just instantly they're like, oh, shit. I got to drop some timber. I know everyone can relate with this one. The squats and deadlifts things. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Deadlifts especially. And they're not even that heavy. You know, they're probably like 85% lifts, but you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's this is how you know it happens too. It, it's like instant. You start doing the movement. You're like, oh, yeah, everything's normal. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel that, you know, I feel it in my hammies. Yeah, I feel it in my low back. And then you're like, oh, why? Like, you start getting the cold. It's not even a hot sweat. You don't like feel stuff or anything. It's like the cold sweat. Like, kind of get a little taste in your mouth. And you're like, oh, 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 uh oh, uh oh. Like, your body doesn't even give you the time. It's just, your body's just like, yeah, so uh, now's the time to go. You know, at least, like, at least most stuff's like a timer. There's no timer to this. It's like your body's like, yeah, by the way, no, this ain't happening. You got to go right now. Oh, well, though. Oh, well. Oh. <sighs> So, another thing I was thinking about, I know I've bitched about glasses before. So, and I know I'm going to offend some of my friends. My friends, it's it's all good. Nothing personal against you guys. But I always think anybody who has like Oakleys or Ray-Bans or anything like that, man. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're sunglasses. And so maybe I thought it was myself. I was like, man, I find people who wear those kind of glasses so cunty. So I started thinking about it and I'm just, I'm a guy. I, you know, I figured sunglasses are sunglasses. If I can get sunglasses for $10, I'm going to, cause guess what? I'm going to lose them. Like, uh, last summer we did a float. Everything's going great. Everything's going great. We're floating. We're relaxing on the river. Everything's going good. And then we hit the big rapids at the end of the float. Okay. Typically no problems here, but this year somehow the rapids 
almost grab underneath my floaty and flip me over. Hit my head at the bottom and lost my glasses. Now, if those were $150 glasses, I would have been fucking pissed. But since I paid like $12, like, <laughs> whatever, man. I'll buy another pair. Not mean. I feel so bad for people who have Ray-Bans or who have invested into like Ray-Bans or Oakleys. Especially those hideous Oakley glasses. Come on, dude. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, hey, because I keep thinking discount glasses are just as good and they just don't have the stamp. That's what it is. Just like most of like and this is kind of hypocritical of me because, you know, I have stuff like Burton or Anon for snowboarding. And I have, you know, Burton clothes and um, I have Nike clothes, obviously. Um, but I love my non-label clothes either. But also it's like. For shoes, at least what you're paying for in Nikes is, you know, the technology and the quality. You know, when you're getting like some champion shoes from, I think, what is it, C9 or champion shoes from Target? No offense, they ain't the same quality as getting like Ultra Boosts from Adidas. There's a big, big distinct difference from there. Yes, you are always going to pay for the quality of the brand, but that's the thing. I feel like those companies have the quality, especially, just in shoes especially. But it came with glasses. I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay. Is this just me being a fucking sourpuss like I always am? I always got to be cynical. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Maybe there's some value to them. So, started looking and I'm like, all right. You know, Ray-Ban. What did I? I forgot how I searched. I'm like, Ray-Ban scam or Ray-Ban. Why are Ray-Bans too expensive? Like, first thing. And ended up getting three articles. And it was actually more shocking to me. Than anything else, because after reading these three articles, one of them, it was done by CBS News. They had like a report on it. Uh, there's a column in the LA Times, and then uh, there's a transcript of the CBS News um, report. So, like 80% of the sunglasses industry who's making all the um, sunglasses is a company called Luxottica, L U X O T T I C A. Okay, so. How does that work? Um, majority, so they own about 80% of the business, the eyewear industry business. And so with that, they don't have any competition. They determine the prices of glasses. And so they own like Chanel, Prada. Chanel and Prada, they're designed and made by Luxottica. It's a company in Italy. They ended up buying out Ray-Ban. Um, this is the crazy one, though, too. So they own all these big brands. They also own the retailers like Sunglasses Hut, Oliver Peoples, Oakley, Lens Crafters, Pearl Vision. Um, so basically, they get to set the market for it. They have no one to compete with them. They're basically competing with themselves. And the markup of it, they calculated, was like a 1,000% markup. Which is so fucking insane, man. Um, I'm just trying to look. There's a couple other things with it. It's like... Yeah. They... Uh, so you're paying basically 10 to... What they calculated was 10 to 20 times what frames and lenses actually cost. Now, obviously, if you're running a business, you want to make money. And that's why I look at it and I'm like, that's why I have, you know, me, I'm never going to buy those kind of glasses because it doesn't cost much to make those glasses, but they're, you know, they're able to make, I mean, they own 
and license Armani, Brooks Brothers, Burberry, Chanel, Coach, DKNY, Dolce & Gabbana, Michael Kors, Oakley, Oliver Peoples, Persol, Ralph Lauren, Ray-Ban, Tiffany, Valentino, Vogue, Versace. Okay? They run Sears Optical, Sunglasses Hut, Target Optical. It's fucking insane, dude. Um, and they also, I believe, I'm trying to find it. They own insurance i'm looking at insurance there's something to do with insurance in these guys too it's oh and so this is a quote from the article you think well surely insurance companies covering vision would could complain but guess what luxotica also owns the nation's second largest vision care plan imed covering eye exams and glasses the whole point of luxury brand is to persuade people to pay 200 dollars for product that costs 30 dollars to make so I'm going to rest my case just on that right there, man. Isn't that fucking insane? So if you're listening to this and you have expensive glasses, you want expensive glasses, or um, you're thinking about getting expensive glasses, you should probably stop and just invest your money into better things like, oh, I don't know, groceries, um, you know, real stuff, <laughs> groceries, water gas maybe something for your car that'll actually work literally the exact same frames exact same lenses everything like that and you're talking a difference between thirty dollars to two hundred dollars and eighty percent of these companies is owned by one company or designed or you know manufactured fucking crazy man like and it wasn't it was something i was really cynical about but it was something i didn't know anything about okay so i was like oh and i was like let's you know if i'm gonna you know, if I'm going to be this way about it, let me research it. Let me look at it. And yeah, I couldn't even be more convinced that I, I'm doing it right by buying, you know, $10, $20 sunglasses. Man, fuck this shit. The most expensive sunglasses I have are just these, like, really retro pair of sunglasses. I think I got from, like, the the ski shop. And they're, like, more ironic than anything else. Crazy, crazy. So, yeah. If you're looking at those expensive sunglasses, just get the same style, but from like a non-brand name, because you're going to get the same quality, bro. And when you damage them or destroy them, it won't like hurt your pockets that much. And if it makes you feel better, maybe just put like a Ray-Ban sticker on the side just so you, you know, you could floss. Maybe that's the problem. We want to floss on people. Maybe that that's the big issue in part. It's like, I want to floss that I am wearing Oakley's. Fuck, everyone. I guess you could you could see Oakley sunglasses a mile away with that fucking white frame. If you wear Oakley sunglasses, I, I would assume you drink Monster Energy drinks, too. And maybe some Mountain Dew. And you like going motocrossing. Motocrossing, not even the worst part about it. I'm just, that's just a part of it. But the definitely the Mountain Dew. And definitely... Definitely the Monster Energy drinks. It's a certain kind of guy. Oakley sunglasses. I've already went off on Oakley before. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I couldn't believe it. But, hey man, what are you going to do? Let's see here.
Okay, so this is the craziest thing that I came across. So I've been talking to Sancho about this because I have this uh, book on football analytics called The Hidden Game of Football. If you're a football nerd um, wanting to learn about um, kind of the value of a play, meaning let's say the difference, and it seems so obvious, but it's like the difference between me getting four yards on first and 10 or me getting nine yards on third and 11. What's worth more? So obviously some people would look at it and go, well, you got nine yards on third and 11. Well, it's like, but you're going to be punting the ball. That four yards on first and 10 is going to be worth a lot more because you're getting more than a third of the yards. You're getting, um, yeah, and you still have three more or two more chances, you know, second and third down. It kind of breaks stuff down into that thing. And at the back of the book, it has um, different categories for stats. And there was this receiver. I, 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 you know, I was looking at like guys like Don Hudson, you know, Charlie Joyner, and you know, Hall of Famers. And who else did I come across? I'm trying to think of some of the other guys I came across. Um, not Raymond Barry. I'm thinking of Hall of Famers. Uh, Lance Allward. Sorry. Lance Allward. Oh, fuck, Lance Allward was such a stud. 14, look at his 14 game. I mean, in one season, Lance Allward in 14 games got 69 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 14 touchdowns. Okay, that's crazy, right? This has to be, and I, nobody will ever talk about it. And this was, I mean, Sanch, me and Sancho were just talking about this. Fucking Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, you know, played for the Los Angeles Rams, Hall of Famer. Obviously, okay. Um, ten of these touchdowns, mind you, were for bombs. I mean, this was a offense that apparently was ahead of its time. They were running empty sets. I believe they're doing trips. You know, um, spreading the field out. And Elroy obviously was getting the ball. Check this out: in twelve games, twelve NFL games, because these were the seasons back in nineteen fifty-one. Elroy had sixty-six receptions. 1,495 yards and 17 touchdowns. Now, <laughs> what is uh, what does that say? Like in today's game, with the pass, the the rules allowing you to pass and basically helping the passing offense so much more than the defense. That would be an amazing season. Like that's you know, if Julio had that kind of season, they'd be like, that's a, that was a great season. That's an All Pro season in 2020. Okay. This is in 1951 in 12 games, okay? So I broke down the averages, meaning, okay, so in 12 games, at the rate he was going, what would he have had in 16 games, okay? Receptions, 89. Yards, 2,000. And touchdowns, 23. That's like the all-time greatest uh receiving year that alone that already his season that year was already one of the greatest um receiving seasons in all of football history and when you do that when you have to go okay let me look at the averages and when you break it down to that as well when you go what would he have done in 16 games it becomes automatically top three in my opinion it's it's probably the greatest receiving season ever uh besides uh, i think it was uh calvin johnson it might have been calvin johnson's last year calvin johnson has the touchdown record 
or uh, Jerry Rice's record-breaking um, year. Let's see Calvin Johnson record season. I have to see this because he had the same thing. He had a crazier Calvin Johnson, a Hall of Famer. Right? He's up for the Hall of Fame next year. That's a fucking Hall of Famer. Yeah, it was it the yards. He might have gotten the yards record in the season, but anyways, he had 122 receptions, 1964 yards, five touchdowns. The year before, he actually had 1681 yards and 16 touchdowns. God, the guy was fucking insane. God, was he insane? And then I believe Jerry, Jerry, I think we're talking about yardages here. I don't know. Most receiving touchdowns in a year. Let me look at this. And uh, season. I have to see this because. Um, oh, there we go. Randy Moss. Randy Moss with 23. Yeah, that was crazier. Uh, so that was the Jerry Rice season. It was 1987. Elroy Hirsch is still top five with that season, with 17. Don Hudson, though, too. I mean, Don Hudson had that in 1929. Let me fucking see that. Damn, I didn't think about I didn't see that one. Hudson, where are you, you mother? You motherfucker. Don Hudson. God, it's taking forever. Where are you? Where are you? Swan, no one cares about Lynn Swan. Don Hudson. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy year, too. 11 games. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Don Hudson deserves it, too. So that was receiving touchdowns. Let's see. Receiving yards. So Elroy obviously would have been close to number one in receiving touchdowns if he had that year. So Calvin Johnson did have the yardage record in 2012. 19. 64. So Elroy would have had that with the averages. So I'm t you're, you're you're already talking. He would have had the yards record and the touchdowns record in one season. So yeah, it's when you break it down like that. This isn't even a hot take. It's probably the greatest receiving year of all time. It's so fucking crazy. I I still can't get over it. When I read it, it was one of those things that stuck in my head. And I read this book like a year and a half ago, and it's still been in my head. And then um. You know, Sancho and I were just hanging out and watching, like, old uh, – they were playing America's game. So, you know, it's showing, like, the 67 Packers. Um, it was either 66 and 67 or 67 and 68 Packers. Anyways, old football, and I mentioned it, and he's like, no way. And I just kind of broke it down to him. I showed him the stats, and same thing. He had the same reaction that I had. It's it's the craziest fucking thing. Ugh, football. We, we There's no way they're not going to have football this year. If they did not have football this year, all of Texas would revolt and basically take over the NFL and be like, huh, yeah, Roger, we're running the league now, and we're going to have football games with crowds. There's no way. The whole state of Texas would revolt. God, I can't wait, though, because it's like, I'm, I'm hoping Jacksonville tanks because there's, you know, everybody's talking about Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, I would love Trevor Lawrence. I would love Justin Fields. I need to see another season out of Justin Fields. And then there's this other kid that's coming up uh, that 
I, you know, I don't think a lot of people know about. Um, you need to check them out. And so same school that Carson Wentz came out of, Easton Stick came out of, North Dakota State has this quarterback, okay? His name is Trey Lance. Now, when you just look at Trey Lance's stats from last year, it's the most insane thing ever, okay? They won, I believe, the Division II championship, okay? So they won all their games, 13-0. The dude had 67% completion percentage, almost through 3,000 yards. I mean, he only attempted uh, 287 balls. Threw 28 touchdown passes, no interceptions. Okay. So that, like, in general, you're like, okay, okay, okay. This is where it also gets crazy. So on top of that, 169 rushing attempts, 1,100 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So when you look at the stats, you go, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because it's like those Lamar Jackson stats where you look at it you're like, this can't be real. And then so you start watching film on the guy, and you're like, oh, okay, there is something here. Like, really, really something here. Next year's quarterback class is going to be fucking insane hopefully hopefully you know this year i know they were saying that and two guess what because they were saying i believe the top three at the time were they were talking about um obviously burrow wasn't talked about but tua herbert uh, i know jordan love was talking about it and from guess what three out of those guys were first round picks two of them top six and then burrow also came out of that this year, they're talking about Lawrence, who people think is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Okay, that's a pretty that's a pretty good prospect. Justin Fields, who some people compare to Cam Newton. And guess what? Watching Justin Fields, like, not just watching Justin. I hate Ohio State. But just watching Justin Fields, like, trying to watch, you know, like, film on him and stuff, he looks fucking legit. And then you watch this Trey Lance kid and go, what the fuck? Quarterback class, if as long as everything go, these guys keep developing, is going to be insane. Insane. Trey Lance, man. I'm, I got my eye on you. Oh, this came up my YouTube feed. This came up my YouTube feed. Um, uh, Tim Pool was talking about this. There's a movie, believe it or not, out there called Cuck. Okay? What is this movie about? No, it, this can't be, you know... Uh, propaganda this can't be like an sjw film ronnie a loner who lives with his possessive mother is deemed unfit for military service due to his history of mental instability and petty crime retreating into the world of extremist internet groups he creates a vlog channel from which he decries what he describes as the downfall of real america meanwhile prompted by sexual frustration he agrees to play the role of cuckold in a couple's homemade amateur pornography unaware they are exploiting him he buys an unregistered handgun and spend time at firing ranges. He meets his online idol, a charismatic leader of the alt-right. However, when his identity as a cuck emerges, his major persona is destroyed. Facing online shaming, Ronnie takes solace in his gun, which he regards as the only symbol of masculinity he has left. So, sounds, I mean, sign me up, right? Sounds like a really... Really epic film. Okay. So what did Cuck make in the box office? It must have made like 200 mil. 500 mil. Dude, it probably broke Endgame's record, right? 
Oh, it made zero dollars at the box office. Literally zero dollars. I mean, I am shocked that a movie called Cuck that's aimed at, I'm assuming what, you know, the what Hollywood thinks is all right-wing people that attacks all of the right-wing people makes absolutely no money. Hollywood, <laughs> this is insane that there's a movie like this. Just fucking make movies. Like, anytime there's a movie, like, with a message, it just, it, it goes over people's heads, and they, they, they just see right through it. Da, 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 da. Fuck, I just had a stroke. <laughs> they see right through it. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, no one's gonna applaud this. Besides these fucking activists who, who review films. And, honestly, go check out Rotten Tomatoes and see how they they don't objectively look at movies anymore if it has the political messaging they want they're like yes this is such a great film oh my gosh cuz i mean there was people at the new york times who loved cuck they thought it was better than the joker it was that or Wash, um wall street journal one of them anyways they thought cuck was better than joker this whole cuck old thing is fucking insane man i don't know why some People are obsessed with it. It's a great rip on some people, though. Cuck. Fuck, I can't believe they made a movie about... Like, this... Of all movies to make... Jesus. Hollywood. There's such great stories to make. Like, just tell us good stories. It doesn't have to have a message. Maybe a message of, like, heroics or, like, hey... Like, you can make your world better by taking control of your life, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a beauty in the Adam Sandler movies. Like, The Wrong Missy is such a funny movie because it's just a funny movie. There didn't need to be a message about women's equality or pronouns or uh, the wage gap. No. Fuck, man. Again, I, I'm going to keep ripping on it as much as, like, like, The Gentleman was a fucking great movie because there was there was nothing, like, they didn't need to do anything. And they even ripped on different races just in general. They ripped on, you know, Jewish people. They ripped on white people. They ripped on black people. They actually, they even rip on black people. They just, they made a point about something on there. But um, The Gentleman was a great movie because it was just a movie. There was nothing else to it. They just wanted to make a good film because that's what Guy Ritchie does. There's no fucking stupid messaging. And he's a guy who actually does like to follow the tenets of Joseph Campbell. But fuck, man. When you, when you do shit like this, where it's just like, uh, you want to, you, you, you want to, you want to make a message. Like, um, maybe Black Panther, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like Black Panther was a message about anything. Like, honestly, I, I seen Black Panther and it was like, Someone who was moderate versus someone who was an extremist. But beyond that, I was just like, yeah, it was an African-American film and it was fucking good. You know, or um, what was the movie? Dope. Dope was a really good movie by Rick uh, Famuyiwa, who did a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. Like, that was a good movie. And there was like, I felt like there was nothing where they were just trying to push you in the face with stuff. Like, come on, guys. Make good movies. like, And you could always see it too when they like just force it on you. Just like comes out of nowhere and hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, 
Like, really? Like, you think we're this dumb? And some people are, but... And especially you have some of these people that are, like, clapping, like, Oh my god, that was such a great moment! You're like, that had nothing to do with the plot. You know what I mean? They always... Always this kind of shit that's been happening with movies. Especially recently. Hopefully... Cuck. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, I think that is it for this week's episode. This was a this was a good one. I feel good. Okay. Um same thing. Subscribe, rate, review, please. Follow. I'm on all the podcast platforms. Um if I were to prefer one, Spotify, uh, because Anchor is owned by Spotify. I'm doing a lot of this through Spotify. Spotify is easy. I know all you fuckers have Spotify. Everything's gonna be updated there. You don't need me to remind you on social media, because guess what? I don't have social media. Um, if anyone is interested, there's a voice message link that I could send out where you could send uh, questions or whatnot to the show. I could answer them, have them on the show, all that good shit, man. Um, so a couple songs that I would love to show you guys, preview you guys. So the first song is um, a song called, oh, the song title is Hip Hop. By most deaf. This song just flows, dude. I love listening to the song when I need to focus or like run or something. And the second song, dude, groovy riff, groovy riffs. Uh, I I don't know how many. Like I love Four Years Strong, and they they had a they had one album where they signed to like a major label, and you know it was kind of like. They kind of went away from their their sound. Like they play a heavy dose of pop punk, but it's like they play it with like heavy like heavy metal guitars. Like they just riff. They fucking riff, and you know they kind of lost their way with that album. There's some good tracks on it. I forgot what it was called, but um, once they signed to, I think they're on. No, no, no. They signed to Pure Noise. They just come out swinging, and they had a new album come out. Just actually not too, you know, pretty recently, and. Um, same thing the the way that the song flows it's like heavy metal guitars but the song just is a little bit like the tempo is a little bit slower but it just it just yeah the song is called learn to love the lie by four years strong okay peace out guys love you <laughs>